Howard Thurman so beautifully wrote, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive, coming alive. That, my friends, is what self-discovery is all about. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? You wear that mask for. Hello, beautiful people. Happy Monday to you. I am so happy to be sitting in my office right now with my coconut water and my little dog on my lap speaking to you. I am working on some changes to my website. And as I was going through all of these blog posts that I have written or had written in 2018 and 2019, I realized some of them are really powerful and worth sharing with you. Um, So for those of you that don't know, I have had a blog off and on since 2014 on JacquelineSteel.com. Actually, I think even before that, I think it was more like 2012. Um, But it was just hard for me to be consistent with it. And I, I didn't commit the way that I committed to creating this podcast. And so Anyways, I'm going through a website transition, going to make some changes, which I'm really excited to share with you guys. But for now, I'm going through these posts and I realize like this needs to be shared and this topic specifically. Um, And for all of you empaths out there who are listening, then this is a topic that I think will really, really hit home for you. And I'm calling this one the expense of compassion. And I don't think we talk about the ramifications of being an empath or being super compassionate very often in public because being compassionate is such a positive attribute to have. And don't get me wrong, I would rather be compassionate um, and loving than the opposite. However, as I age, I've learned that I need to have boundaries around my compassion and I need to have boundaries around the amount of energy that I am expending out for other people. And so that's what this particular podcast centers around and a horrific stage experience that I had a couple of years ago when I was performing live original music at Smith's Old Bar, which is this really famous venue in Atlanta. Like John Mayer has played there and a bunch of other really famous people. Um, And without giving it away, because I'm going to go into the story, if you stick around, um, I'm going to talk about what happened in that situation. But before I dive into today, today, two today's topic. Oh my gosh, I'm like so excited. I'm stuttering over my words. I want to do a self-discovery spotlight. And for those of you that don't know what this is, it is me highlighting a member of our self-discovery community who has written a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, I'm so grateful for these reviews. I read every single one of them. They literally make my day. You taking the time to tell me something about this podcast is just it it means so much to me and the more positive reviews we have the higher we are up in the algorithm in all of the podcast 
things. Again, you know, I'm not super techie. So anyways, I'm going to launch in and I'm going to read this. This is from Mrs. Victor Manuel. And she says, Jacqueline is so raw and real. I just started listening today and this is exactly what I needed to guide me lately. I've been feeling lost. I am trying to find my purpose and my path in myself. This podcast is wonderful. Thank you, Jacqueline. Well, thank you, Mrs. Victor Manuel. I hope that we can find our purpose and our path together. And I feel like, you know, genuinely, the reason I started this podcast was because I feel like when we know who we are, life gets easier. Our decisions are easier. The way that we treat ourselves becomes more clear. We have more clarity around it because we know what we need and what we want. Um, Relationships with other people become easier as well because we know where we stand. We know how to make better decisions um, all around. So thank you for listening. And again, I'm just so delighted to be walking this path with you. Now, I'm going to launch into today's topic, the expense of compassion. And I'm going to start it with a quote by Paul Gilmartin. And he said, have compassion for others, but not at the expense of compassion for yourself. And when I first read this quote a couple of years ago, it was kind of the antithesis of what I feel like culturally, culturally we are taught. Um, whether we fully recognize it or not, we live in a culture in Western society that teaches us to drive ourselves to the point of burnout. And not only drive ourselves to the point of burnout, but beat ourselves up in the process for not being perfect. And if you are a perfectionist like me, that kind of drive, mindset, cultural, societal conditioning can lead to some really awful, and excuse my language, if there are children around, please plug their ears, it can lead to some really ugly personal shit and ugly ways of treating yourself. And so without further ado, I'm going to launch in and I'm going to read what I wrote a couple of years ago because it still feels so pertinent to me and I feel like it's going to feel very pertinent to you too. I just finished a run and as I sit down at my computer to write this, I feel angry all over again. Oh my gosh, Jacqueline, I just completely fucked up your entire set. Please don't hate me. This person said to me as the lights transitioned and we made our way off the stage. This was my second time playing at a historic and famous bar in Atlanta. The first time, with almost the exact same lineup of bands, we sold out the entire show. Again, I'm so sorry. I couldn't hear you in the monitor. I want to make this up to you. I just can't believe that happened. This person said again as we made our way backstage. I'm not using a name or gender here because I don't want to shame this person. They simply wanted to play in my set and assist. Their intentions were pure. We hadn't played together before, but I sent them over our set list and as often happens in live situations, musicians sit in for each other. When the offer came up from this person, I was delighted. Backstage, we were greeted with kind words from other musicians playing that night, 
but their eyes told the real story. My set that I had prepared weeks for wasn't good. In fact, it was the worst set that I have ever played in my time as a musician. Like, ever. This is where I'm going to tie the quote from the beginning of this post into my story. I am not here to blame anyone, and I am not here to shame anyone. But here's the deal. I know myself well enough to know that I have a history of accepting whatever behavior has been sent my way, with the exception of my nuclear family members. I have some really bad tendencies. I say, don't worry about it when I'm burning inside. I apologize first when I was the one wronged. I comfort others when I need to be comforted. I turn the other cheek when clearly I'm being taken advantage of. I dole out compassion after compassion after compassion until there is none left for myself. I understand that compassion isn't a currency that runs out, but energy is. And offering compassion requires energy, sometimes a lot of it. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for compassion when somebody truly needs it. All for it. But what about the times where we dole out compassion simply because we feel bad for the other person? Or when we extend it because we want to avoid rocking the boat? Or pissing someone off? Or we are fearful we will be seen as difficult? I've struggled with this for years because I've always wanted to be seen as kind. Kindness is one of my primary values in life. But women and men who are listening right now, is it truly kind to extend compassion when it is essentially covering up a lie? A lie that what happened really was wrong? A lie that, no, it really wasn't okay. A lie that when we play it over and over in our minds, we can't stand ourselves because we let it happen again. Is that kindness? Is that kindness to others? Is that really kindness to ourselves? No, it's not. Not in my book any day of the week. To me, Kindness is lovingly speaking the truth. It's saying hard things because you refuse to break any more of the promises you made to yourself. (sighs) I want to be kind to myself. Not fake kind. Truly kind. The kind of kind that requires brave and bold decisions. In the case of my set at Smith's Old Bar, here is the truth. I worked for weeks to prepare. I'm not the type of person that shows up and crosses my fingers hoping that everything turns out okay. I'm the type of person that stands in front of a mirror, singing and playing my guitar, trying to portray the emotions of a song in a way that will make each ticket price worth paying for. I drove almost two hours to get to the show and drove that same distance 
all by myself at midnight after the show because I stayed for everyone else's set. I work hard at my craft and I have every right for being angry about someone sabotaging my set. But you know who I am most mad at? Me. I'm mad at myself in this situation. And you want to know why? Because it was my set. My name was on the fucking bill. My name. I could have stopped it all and demanded this person leave the stage immediately. But I was more worried about shaming this person than shaming myself. I extended compassion completely and without a doubt at my own expense. Don't get me wrong. I did ask this person to quiet down and to stop playing for several songs. But this person either didn't hear me or was just so nervous that they couldn't help themselves. So, for six songs, one after another after another, we were offbeat. My usual bandmate and I were in sync, but underneath every moment, it sounded like there was a completely different song being played. Mississippi Sinner, one of my singles on iTunes and Spotify, was so off I couldn't even hear when the second verse came in. I think I handled it with as much grace as one can in a situation like this. I kept a smile on my face and laughed it off and pretended I wasn't upset. But inside... I was fuming. My whole set was off because I didn't want to offend anyone. I was compassionate, again, at my own expense. I was prepared. I knew those songs inside and out. Yet I didn't demand this person leave the stage because I didn't want to embarrass them when it was my name on the bill and my set. How insane is that? And what does it say about my self-esteem that I allowed someone else to wreck my creation without really putting up any fuss at all? In fact, I covered it up publicly on stage with a silly comment like, you know, this is the beauty of live music. You just never know what will happen when playing live. Sometimes it goes off without a hitch and at other times you stumble through a few things. <laughs> Not it's been three full days since that night. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, wondering why I didn't stop this whole thing 30 seconds into our first song. And here's what I've come away with. I was afraid to. I didn't want to hurt this person's feelings. I didn't want them to carry shame. I know what it's like to carry shame, and I don't want to put that on anyone. I also didn't want to be seen as a bitch, which so often happens when women stand up for themselves. This is such a double standard. A man can say what he needs to say and he's respected and considered to be a badass. But when a woman stands up in strength, she is seen as the opposite. She is seen as difficult, as hard-headed, as high-maintenance. That's probably my favorite one, by the way. Or as whatever other negative connotation you want to insert next. Ladies, I know you have heard this before. Can I get an amen? You see, I'm all for accepting responsibility. 
And in this case, I could have and should have stopped this person. But in my defense, I've been conditioned to dole out compassion after compassion after compassion my whole life. Our culture raises women with invisible but very real handcuffs. These cuffs come in the form of double standards, of manipulation, of societal expectations and norms, of familial expectations and norms, of fear that we will be seen as unattractive, intimidating, too powerful, too big, too small, too whatever. The list goes on and on for days. We're ridiculed for being strong. We're ridiculed for being weak. We're ridiculed for not having the right handbag. One thing we aren't ridiculed for, though, is being selfless. No, 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 no. We're praised for being selfless. People love it when we sacrifice our well-being for the job, for the husband, for the kid, for the friend, for the function, for the vacation, for the month, for the year, for the decade, for every day of every month of every year of our entire lives. In fact, the more sweet, gentle, compassionate, giving, selfless we become, the more praise we receive. But you know what? I don't care who gets mad at me for saying this. I don't want to be selfless. I also don't want to be full of myself. What I really want to be is self-aware. To know myself so deeply and to respect myself so much that I refuse to allow my compassion or kindness or innate desire to be of value to others to come at my cost. I'm not so good at this yet, but damn, I plan to be. And you know what else? Yeah, my set I worked so hard on sucked. But the lesson I am walking away with because of it is priceless. You have been listening to Self-Discovery with Jacqueline Steele. For more information or to submit a question, please visit JacquelineSteele.com slash selfdiscoverypod. On Instagram, I am at Jacqueline Steele, and that's J-A-C-L-Y-N-S-T-E-E-L-E. And on YouTube, you can find me at YouTube.com slash official Jacqueline Steele. If you haven't already, please sign up for my High Vibe Thursday newsletter, where I send one email a week aimed at inspiring and elevating your day because you freaking deserve it. You can sign up in the show notes or by visiting my website, JacquelineSteele.com. May you go and be big and brave and bold today. Remember that life gets easier when we know who we are. And as always, and until next time, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Ooh.